Today's show is brought to you by the Columbiana Barbershop. Get your hair cut by the great staff at the Columbiana Barbershop, located at 131 North Main Street, just south of Ace Hardware in Columbiana. Schedule online at www.columbianabarbershop.com or call 330-892-6022. That's columbianabarbershop.com to book now. Hello, welcome back to Columbiana Hot Talk. And unless you've been living under a rock these last several months, you know that we are getting ready to get into a very big election season. And we'll be voting for the President of the United States, our House of Representatives, Senators, County Officials, and other issues that are in our area. And I thought it'd be a great idea to talk to one of the many people who make our election safe and successful, and that's Columbiana County Board of Elections Deputy Director Bryce Miner. Bryce is a longtime resident of Columbiana County, local graduate here, graduated college from YSU, and previously worked at the Ohio House of Representatives and the Ohio State Auditor's Office prior to becoming the Board of Elections Deputy Director. Bryce, welcome to the show. How are we doing today? Thank you, Jake. Thank you for having me here. I really appreciate the invitation. Uh, things are well. We are exactly 36 days from Election Day, so we are certainly busy, but it's an exciting time, not only for voters, but for our office as well. I'm sure, and <clears throat> that's one of the reasons why we have you, is there's a lot of questions out there. We've, we went through the primaries and that whole thing that the governor did, agree with it or not, um, you know, for the people listening, don't know what to tell you, but we're past that, and now we're on to the next big one. Um, so the big question is, is your office ready for this election? We are getting prepared, just like every other Board of Elections office around the state. The uh, Secretary of State's office has given us a laundry list of directives to do and to accomplish prior to Election Day. Generally, our Election Day operations start about 100 days prior to the election. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have been getting well prepared since then. Uh, the state of Ohio has a great election setup, really. We offer absentee voting by mail, we offer in-office voting, which is known as early voting, and we offer election day voting. Uh, we're only one in five states that actually allows you to vote early on the weekends, on Sunday, um, and additionally we have Saturday voting hours also. So certainly being prepared for that and um, ready to get voting starting October 6th in our office. Right, and with um, voting starting October 6th, then when when's the last day you can register to vote in Ohio? The last day to register in the state of Ohio is October 5th. Our office will actually have extended office hours that evening. We'll be open until 9 o'clock p.m. So if anybody would like to come in the office, fill out that last minute voter registration form to ensure they're prepared for the upcoming election, we'll certainly be there to assist. All right, and that's really beneficial because unlike what may be perceived out there in the world uh, local boards and probably the state are doing everything they can to make sure everybody's voice is heard and has an opportunity to vote certainly and in addition to coming into our office and registering you can go to our website register online as well through the secretary of state's office and additionally we'll share those links on our social media platforms facebook and twitter to ensure that everybody has that opportunity to get that registration in in time right that's great and we'll have all that in the uh, description 
of today's show as well. Um, so obviously there's been challenges for the elections because of COVID and what challenges are you facing this year compared to other general elections? Well, I think the biggest thing, just like any other industry, uh, COVID has affected the elections industry and it's certainly going to be a little bit different. I mean, I think it's a, really the first time since the 1920s that our nation has conducted an election during a pandemic mm-hmm. and things are certainly different how we operate elections now than what they were back then. So we have certainly had to prepare. Um, we have to go to our different polling locations, take a look at what would be best for poll workers alike and for voters. And then additionally, with the virus, there's been a lot more interest in absentee voting. Mm-hmm. Looking at our numbers right now, we have already surpassed our mail-in absentee request of the 2016 general election. Okay. And then with our early voting numbers, going to start next week, I would anticipate that we would also surpass our numbers from 2016. So it's been a little bit different in the office. We've had to hire some additional staff to help handle the amount of absentee ballot requests that we've received, but they have done a tremendous job of getting everything entered accurately so we can get those ballots sent out starting October 6th. Right, and that's the absentee ballots that'll be, you're talking about getting sent out. Um, So, the absentee ballots can be sent out October 6th, which is also when early voting opens up, right? Yeah, that's correct. And what, so if I want to go vote early, what do I have to do? Essentially, our office is going to start early voting on October 6th at 8 o'clock a.m. and we'll be open until 5 o'clock. We have our hours posted on our website. They are uniform across the entire state. The first two weeks of early voting and where our office is going to be open from 8 until 5, and then when we get into that third week, we'll be open eight until six, and then we'll have our weekend hours additionally. And then that last week of early voting leading up until the election will be open until seven o'clock p.m. with those additional hours on the weekend. So if anyone has any interest in that, I certainly encourage you to go to our website, check out our social media pages, and we'll make sure we have those hours publicly available. Or you can call our office if you have any questions. If you are going to vote early in the office, you just need to bring your ID with you. The process is very similar to what it is on election day. Mm -hmm. You show up to our office, you'll show one of our staff members your ID. We will make sure that you are properly registered. We will go get your ballot. We will issue you your ballot. You will vote and then you'll issue it into the ballot box just like you do at the polls. And things a little bit different this time. We are gonna have social distancing practices in place in the office. Uh, We will be giving out pens that will be disinfected to make sure that there's no contamination from voter to voter. We'll be disinfecting the voting booths and the entire lobby area to try and keep everybody safe. And we would encourage everyone to also wear a mask when they come in the office to do that early voting. Right. Uh, So I would imagine you're going to expect more early voting than maybe in years past. partly because of it just being a general election, but also due to what happened in the primaries when we were told, hey, we're gonna get the vote, and then at the last minute, nope, you're not gonna be able to vote in person. Um, and that, and I know I've talked to people and they're like, hey, I'm gonna, you know, I wanna get my vote in and vote early. So is the only place to vote at the Board of Elections early? Yes, right now our office is the only early voting site <laughs> in Columbia County. 
I know some other counties have expanded that location to other ones. I know Cuyahoga has a large vote center there, but our office is um, accessible for voters. It's in a centralized location in the county, right. so it seems to work well for voters and has in past elections. Right. I mean, Lisbon is very well centralized for the Columbia County, so it's nice. Um, and then the other obvious huge influx you said you've had are absentee mail-in voting. So how's that work for somebody that's unable to vote in person? What do they need to do? Yeah, so in the state of Ohio, we have no-fault absentee voting, so you don't have to really provide any reason as to why you're going to vote for absentee. All you need to do is submit an absentee ballot request to our office. The Secretary of State's office sent an absentee ballot request to every registered voter in the state, yep. and that mailing took place the week of Labor Day or around that time. Yeah. And also interest groups, political candidates are also mailing those out to folks. So once you already submit one valid request to our office, you don't need to submit any additional request. We have an absentee ballot tracker on our website that mm -hmm. individuals can use. They go online, it's right on our homepage. They type in their name and they can see when we receive that application and when we would send their ballot out. Right. Obviously we can't do that until the 6th, but right. once it is sent out, uh, that will be able to be populated. And then when they send their ballot back in, once it's received by our office, it'll populate when it was received as well. So it's a great tool for voters to use and for our office as well, so we can help track good information for voters. But when you submit that absentee ballot request to our office, just make sure you have the form completely filled out right. to make sure we don't have any errors on there. Make sure that you are sending it to the right address. I know a lot of people send them to different mailing addresses. Mm -hmm. Make sure you include that. Or if you have had a change in address recently, make sure that it's correct with our office by October 5th so we get all that information good for voters. Well, it's really great that you're able to track the status of your, your absentee ballot. So let's just you know play devil's advocate for a second. Uh, we've seen things on the news, and we would hope and pray that these things are isolated and we don't see anything like this major happen during this election. But I fill in, do my absentee ballot, everything's correct. I put it back in the envelope, send it back to the Board of Elections, and a week, 10 days goes by, and I'm looking in the system, but I don't see where it's been received. What do I do as a voter that sent their absentee ballot back in? Sure. Well, first of all, I would call our office to see if there's something that might have happened incorrectly in the system. Maybe it just didn't get scanned in properly. So certainly call our office, and we will definitely assist you in getting to the bottom of that. But for this election, our office is using a mail vendor which the Board of Elections has utilized in higher mm -hmm. volume elections. I think the last time it was used was in the governor's race in 2018. Okay. And this mail-in vendor has tools in which they can further track ballots uh, than what we typically do at our office. So we'll be able to work hand-in-hand -hand with them and be able to track that. But if there's anyone out there that has concerns about maybe mailing it back in, we have a Dropbox that's available in front of our office. It's mm -hmm. clearly labeled with absentee ballot Dropbox with patriotic insignia on there. And it is secured by video monitoring 24 seven. So mm -hmm. that Dropbox is available whenever somebody would like to drop it off. A bipartisan team checks that Dropbox multiple times a day to ensure that nobody is up to any funny business. 
and then certainly you can bring them into our office during our office hours as right. well and we can receive them over the counter okay well, that's really good and that's one of the things that why we're having this interview is that you know i want to help and you do as well make sure voters know that your vote is safe and your vote will be counted um here talking today with board of elections deputy director bryce minor and uh, going over some voting topics today uh so when you're doing mail-in uh voting what's the deadline what what deadlines do they need to really be paying attention to if you're a mail-in voter there are three main deadlines that mail-in voters need to be on the lookout for october 31st halloween at 12 mm -hmm. o'clock is the last time that we can mail an absentee ballot to a voter so i would highly encourage anyone that's considering to vote by mail to get that request in as soon as possible that is a pretty tight time frame that would be mailing them out on a saturday and has to be back in our office by the close of polls on the 3rd of november the other date would be the november 2nd and that is the date that your absentee ballot would have to be postmarked by to be received by the board of elections by mail so we're able to receive them up to 10 days after the election but it needs to be postmarked by november 2nd if it comes through the mail and if you're going to take it to your local post office just make sure that they do put that postmark stamp on there if you're running close to the deadline and if a voter happens to miss that november 2nd deadline they can always bring it to our office on november 3rd mm -hmm. it just needs to be in our office's possession via dropbox or across the counter by the close of polls at 7 30 p.m on november 3rd all right so really you, starting late next week you've got mail-in you know absentee ballots going to be going on you'll be able to vote early in your office and you'll be able to drop off that absentee ballot if you're still having some leery feelings about the mail. You're gonna have some extended hours. We'll have all that in the show notes and website and everything for the listeners to reference. And then obviously the big day, we got election day, which is November 3rd. And that's really gonna be a, a very interesting day because we know things are gonna be a little different just due to one, the magnitude of a general election because it is the presidency race, and two, also the big elephant in the room that we're still fighting and dealing with, which is COVID. Uh, with all the different considerations the Board of Elections has to take into account for Election Day, what different processes this year and probably moving forward should Election Day voters expect? We are going to try and keep it as similar as to how things have been in the past as possible. I know that's what the voters would like. I know that's what our poll workers would like. But we have to take into account the health considerations that are going on right now in the state and around the country. So the state and the federal government was kind enough to issue our county uh, just over $76,000 to purchase uh, personal protective equipment, um, and other materials to help things be safe at polling locations. And additionally, the county commissioners and the county has been really supportive of our office and our efforts to try and keep voters safe on election day. So I want to send a deep thank you to them. I know we're certainly appreciative of that. The social distancing is going to be in place at the polls. Uh, so we're going to have those floor markers on there and just please uh, respect those floor markers to the best that you can. 
for our poll workers, they are going to be given a lot of PPE. We're going to have gloves, face shields, masks, gowns, um, hand sanitizer, sanitizing wipes, you name it. We're trying to give them all of the things that they could possibly need to help keep them safe on election day. I know that they put in a lot of work for our office and we are deeply grateful for everything that they do to help mm -hmm. our operations run because we truly couldn't do it without them. So we certainly owe it to them to help keep them and voters safe on election day. And additionally, we purchased uh, some sneeze guards that are going to be in place at the polling locations. So when a voter goes to check in and have that initial contact mm -hmm. with a poll worker, they will both be protected on both sides. And then when ballots are issued as well, they'll be protected on both sides. Right. Um, the uh, should, given again, this is the general election, the lines, um, would they expect to be longer than and waiting longer? in line this year than maybe past elections, given not just the fact that it's a general election, you have a higher voter turnout, but also that with the restriction, not the restrictions, but the, the extra protection that is being put into place. I can certainly see a little bit of a longer line than what we typically would. We're actually really blessed here in Columbiana County that we do have a good amount of precincts and we don't have too many that are more populated than others. Mm -hmm. So we really do have a good system set up there. But the poll workers are gonna be trained on how to keep the location safe, how to keep voters safe, and they're gonna get it down very quickly as to how to move voters through. They're used to handling a large amount of voters and in presidential elections past, and they'd certainly know what to expect on that day. So right. we'll have those training opportunities and try and get our poll workers as educated as we can in that respect. And I think that voters will be very respectful to the poll workers, knowing that that's what they do, that's their job for that day, and um, they're only there to help them. Right. Um, so I certainly think we'll have a good partnership with the communities on that day as well. One thing that is going to be um, strongly recommended, if not required, by the state and by the Secretary of State's office and recommendation from the CDC will be that all voters do wear a mask mm -hmm. in the polling locations. We will have masks provided to voters if they happen to forget one at home by chance. Right. Uh, and they can certainly vote curbside if they do not feel comfortable to come into the polling location. Our poll workers will be trained to vote them in their car out at that curbside location. So I certainly think that our poll workers are gonna be ready for that challenge and just would appreciate any and all kindness and patience from um, our voters alike to help poll workers throughout the day to make a successful and safe election. Right, and I'm gonna, you know, put this out for everybody. Look, I know there's a lot of, we all know there's a lot of upset people about masks. And, you know, and I'm a big non-mask person. I, I don't like them, they're uncomfortable, but neither that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, everybody that listens to this, just think about that when you're out there voting. Put aside your, your differences on what you agree with or don't agree with. This is your chance to make your voice heard. I don't care who you vote for, you need to be able to go out and vote. <clears throat> everybody needs to feel comfortable and safe. And you might be dis you might not be comfortable because you have to wear a mask, but a little discomfort just because you know you don't want to wear a mask to allow other people to feel comfortable for one day and you're talking maybe 15, 20 minutes, depending on the line, or maybe longer where you're at, or less, you know, you might be the only person there. 
do do everybody a favor, help everybody out, and just wear the mask. I'm going to wear mine down to the Board of Elections because I'm probably going to vote early. So, you know, just do your part. Make it easy for everybody for one day um, when, you're, when you're out there voting. Um, yeah. And, Jake, I do want to be um, perfectly clear, though, that no one right to vote will be infringed upon if they do not decide to wear a mask. Right. So everyone will certainly have their right to vote and that will not be infringed upon whatsoever. It would just certainly make things of the polls go a lot smoother and everyone, if they would chip in and yeah. do their part in wearing a mask. Exactly. And in everything you're even saying, even doing uh, for those who aren't comfortable or whatnot, they can you know, do curbside at the, at the precincts. So... I mean, it seems like everything that can be done to ensure everyone's opportunity to vote is there. Clearly, clearly looks like it's going to be there. Yeah, and one thing that uh, we have never had to deal with as an office and as a state, so I don't think that there's ever been a time where somebody has you know, worn a mask to a polling location unless they've had a prior health condition that requires them to do so. Right. But everyone's getting real creative with these masks, and they're putting their favorite candidate on their masks, their favorite party on their oh. masks. So that's something that voters are going to be to be careful of because you cannot have any campaign material inside of the polling location. 100 feet? 100 feet outside right. is typically the, you know, the general rule and they right. have flags posted on mm -hmm. the outside. But if you're wearing a mask into the polling location that has your favorite candidate on there, right. the poll workers are going to ask you to either turn that upside down or inside right. out so that it's not mm -hmm. able to be visible because there is no campaigning whatsoever inside of a polling location. If your mask is double-sided by chance, then we can always give you a disposable one. Uh, that you can wear inside the location, but try and keep it uh, fair on both sides. And That's right. uh, something we didn't have to think about until no. this year, but yeah, I something we have, have to take into account. I absolutely wouldn't have been thinking about that until you said it, and I have seen them out there. So yeah, hot talk listeners, make sure that you wear a, uh, a generic mask that day. Um, you can just switch it in the car. But uh, yeah, that's uh, absolutely true. That's not even a. That's that is that law. That's law, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, so that's law. We're not just making. It's not just some made up rule. That's that's what keeps it honest. Um, the same goes for T-shirts, flyers, right. everything. So there's yeah. no campaigning inside the location whatsoever. This is just an added piece that it has to be thought about. Um, and you know, and be nice to these poll workers when they ask you you know, it, to do something. It's not that they, you know, are trying to be mean or whatever. They're just doing their job. So uh, make sure you, you, you're patient with them and you, and you file your complaints with the Secretary of State's office if you don't like the way um, the, the law is written. Um, but mentioning, talking about Election Day, uh, during the primaries there was a huge push, and I almost went myself to become a poll worker um, but uh, you were trying to, the state, everybody was trying to get more poll workers um, because you do, I know at least where my precinct is, are generally more elderly folks. So I know there was a big push to make things go smoother and faster. Uh, is there still a need for more workers in the general election coming up? 
There is always a need for poll workers. Um, even if we think that we have enough, we always have extra on hand just in case there happens to be a last minute call off. Uh, with the virus now, we have to take into account maybe somebody would contract the virus and they mm -hmm. certainly can't vote or maybe they have to be quarantined. But right now, we're in a really good place and I kind of want to knock on wood, but um, everything is doing really well. Our recruiting has gone well. I want to thank the local media for assisting us in that. And our staff has done a really good job in recruiting poll workers. The Secretary of State has put out a really large push to try and recruit poll workers for other county boards of elections. Right now, we have well over double people interested in serving than what we actually need to have serve on election day. So we're very thankful and grateful there of everybody that wants to work with us. You kind of touched base on the primary election. And I want to thank every individual that signed up to be a poll worker for that primary election mm -hmm. because it was right in the height of the virus and certainly there were a lot of unknowns out there as to how dangerous it could be right. um, and how it could affect poll workers and elections alike but we had our largest poll worker training that we've ever had leading mm -hmm. up to that election and we would have been able to staff every location should that election have occurred so i think that that just speaks volume to the commitment to community that people have here in Columbiana County, to the patriotism that people have here in Columbiana County, and that's why it's a great place to call home and a great yeah. place to work. Absolutely. Um, and just uh, maybe think about one other thing. I know in the uh, primaries, some, we're not going to go through each one, but uh, some precincts were going to be moved or housed in other locations. Is that... Uh, happening again in the general, and not to get into the specifics of each one, but um, is that the, the case again? Yes, so the locations that we moved in the primary, they're going to be in those same spots that we move them to this coming election. Uh, when you move a voting location, you have to send an acknowledgement card to each person that mm -hmm. is registered to vote in that precinct, and mm -hmm. we did that back in the spring and we're going to keep them in those same locations for this election. And then afterwards, we'll probably have to reevaluate uh, just to be sure that they are the best locations for where they're going to be permanently. And we moved out of Blossom Nursing Home, we moved out of Shaw Towers and Wellsville and the Smith Center, and it's really just moving out of those senior residential facilities or nursing home facilities. Mm -hmm. and. All of those are listed on our website. The polling locations are on there. And even if you look yourself up on our website as well, the I am registered to vote link, if mm -hmm. you go on there and type in your name, it'll tell you where your polling location is. Right. And at those old locations, we're actually working on getting some large signs and pointing people in the right direction. Actually, I think your personal mm -hmm. precinct and voting location was moved, Jake. It was. Uh, from Harmony Village over to the public library here. So yep. we'll certainly put a large sign there to make sure the voters are aware of where they need to go. And definitely appreciate all those locations taking on additional uh, precincts for us and their hospitality. Yeah, and uh, that'll be in the show notes, you know, where to go. and. If you're not sure about your voting location, don't wait till the day of to find out. Make sure you go on to the uh, Board of Elections site and look that up. Uh, make sure you know where you're going and that you, um, you make sure you give yourself ample time to go vote that day. Um, <clears throat> so November 3rd, the polls closed at 
across the state of Ohio, which at that point, for a lot of people, there's going to be a big sigh of relief. And um, I know in the past, they've talked about, oh, we're going to extend hours or whatever, but is it, is it the, is the general rule or law, I'm not sure I'm asking, that if you're in line at by 7.30, that you will get the vote, even though it is 7.30. Yeah. Is that accurate? That is correct. So if you are in line at the close of polls at 7.30, you will have that opportunity to vote. What each polling location will do is that at 7.30, if there is a line, they'll have a poll worker go out and mark the end of that line. Mm-hmm. So nobody else can get in after line after 7.30. But if you do have to be back up a little bit, as long as you're there, standing in line by 7.30, you will get that opportunity to vote. All right. So what happens at 7.30, and we'll say that everybody's voted, everybody got their vote in, what happens when the polls close in Ohio on November 3rd? So when the polls close in Ohio, um, my director and I and our board members start to bring in all the results. We go out into our office, um, close down all of our equipment if it hasn't already been closed down for the day. Typically it's closed down um, the day prior because early voting stops in our office, but we don't tabulate any results. Um, So last day for early voting, I don't think I mentioned it earlier, will be November 2nd Mm -hmm. and that deadline's at two o'clock in the afternoon. Okay. So when the polls close at 7.30, we go get all of our absentees and we can tabulate those results. So the first run that we post on our website, and I'm not sure if all the users and listeners are mm-hmm. familiar with the runs, but generally we have anywhere from one to four or five runs throughout the night. And a run is just a snapshot of the results at that certain time period of all that have been received in. So that first run is gonna be all absentee ballots that were mm-hmm. voted by mail and all absentee ballots that were voted early in the office. So that would be the first results that are revealed to voters in the county. At the polling locations, the poll workers will shut all their machines down. They will certainly sanitize the areas this time. Post the results at the polling location. They'll actually tape it to the door. So if individuals living in that area want to go look and see what the results were for their specific precinct, they can do so. Mm And then they come back to our office, and it's actually kind of unique. You have to come back on a bipartisan team. So you have to have at least one Republican, one Democrat, or an independent person that comes back together, bringing the results and everything, all the unvoted ballots back to our office, voted ballots back to our office. And then they bring the election card that's in the machine into the tabulation room where our director and I are reading them into the computer. And then once we get a significant amount of polling locations, then we'll do another run, post them to the website. And until all the runs are done and the last card is in and every ballot is in on election day, we'll be uh, doing that. In my time here, generally we're done in between 9.30 and 10 o'clock. I would expect it to go a little bit later this time. Right. But all indications, if everything goes well, we should have our unofficial results revealed with no problems on election night. Right, which is a very exciting time when, for me, I always enjoy seeing the, uh, the tabulation, regardless of what the election is, especially with uh, local um, issues and officials being voted in. Um, and when, when should the county be able to certify their election results so the unofficial results are going to be 
hopefully release that evening on the third or mm -hmm. early into the morning on the fourth. And our official count won't take place until about 20 to 21 days later. It should be that week right before Thanksgiving mm -hmm. uh, that we'll have the official count. And people um, that send in their absentee ballots last minute, uh, military voters, and all of those need to be tabulated in afterwards. So they take part in the official count. Right. So there are still some votes that are outstanding, but generally you have a good idea as to how races are going to go on election night with the unofficial, unless the race is within a handful of votes and it can certainly swing one way or sure. another, depending on the ballots that are outstanding. Well, it's a lot of information. We can put a lot of uh, dates and all the information on how to get a hold of the Board of Elections and, and that in the show notes for everybody. Um, and I appreciate you taking some time out to help educate and give the information out. Just another way for people to know what they need to do to vote. Um, because that's one of the great things about America is that we get to vote. And we get, we get our, our little piece of the say of what's going to happen. Um, is there anything else you'd like to tell the voters of Columbia County about this election um, that we may not have covered? I think there's one thing out there that has kind of been um, misunderstood with all these absentee ballot requests that are going out. Uh, there was the narrative out there for a little while that people may be able to vote twice or mm -hmm. receive two ballots. Sure. And that is not um, factual whatsoever. Uh, we actually have a system in place that if you are already issued a ballot, you cannot be issued another ballot. Our system won't allow it to take place. Uh, so, for example, if a voter requests an absentee ballot and they go to the polls on election day to try and vote, it's going to alert the poll workers that this person needs to vote provisionally because they've been issued an absentee ballot. So if you're a provisional voter, that mm -hmm. just means that your ballot's going to come back to our office and it's just going to be examined by a bipartisan election official team and see whether you actually did vote an absentee ballot or this election day ballot can count for you. Right. Um, so it's certainly one of those things that it's tough for voters to understand. They think that their vote might not be getting counted, but as long as um, you did not submit that absentee request, then everything would be fine on election day. Right. Uh, but certainly would encourage voters to choose one way or another how they would like to vote, whether it's by mail, early office voting, or on election day. Right, and that's the important thing, everybody, is that you do get out there, you exercise your right to vote. Um, there's a lot of <clears throat> there's a lot of narratives out there, uh, both good, bad, false, and true. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, when you close that curtain or you're sitting at home voting or whatever, the only thing that matters is what you decide to do, who you decide to vote for, what issues you decide to vote yes or no on. And um, don't just think, oh, it doesn't matter, because it does matter. Every vote matters um, because I've seen elections, you know, maybe not presidential election as much as you see local elections and state elections where um, there are areas where you know if these you know a handful of people would have said hey I'm gonna vote and actually would did go and vote it would have made a difference so don't think your vote doesn't count because it does um, it's important to vote it's important to exercise that right it's what makes one of the things that does make America one of the greatest countries in the world um, so Bryce thank you for coming out and Columbiana, until next time, this is Columbiana Hot Talk.
at Columbia and a Hot Talk on all your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, and iHeartMusic, or online at www.columbianahottalk.com. You can email us at jacob at columbianahottalk.com. Remember, columbianahottalk.com.